Puck comes to the right side, half wall. Marcia so there, opens up, he shoots, score! William Carlson tipped it home. 3-0 Golden Knights. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lvsportsnetwork.com. Ducks back in. Toronto put it on goal. Save Thompson. He sprawls and gets the rebound too. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Back home in the comfy confines of the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. I'm happy to be alongside my good friend Chris Chapman, uh, Ryan Wallace, uh, out at his humble abode. Uh, We are going to bring you a conversation with John Shannon that will happen live at 425 on this very radio station. Uh, We'll get into uh, the big fine handed to the Toronto Maple Leafs and, uh, and why that was so when the players were apparently in on traveling late on Boxing Day. <laughs> Should the fine have even occurred? And uh, whether or not uh, that will lead to the players uh, deciding to leave early uh, on a Boxing Day when you're prohibited from flying, whether that will uh, lead to maybe a change in how teams or the league will handle that. Uh, we'll also reflect on the two-game road trip for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, to California, uh, earning a point in the shootout loss last night. Uh, we'll dial into that in just a little bit. Uh, game ratings coming your way. And one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League will include, among other things, an appearance by the Gritty Dance. Yes, the Gritty Dance has hit the National Hockey League and the World Junior Hockey Championship uh, rundown. Team USA, Team Canada, both in action today. And all four prospects um, involved in the tournament uh, related to the Vegas Golden Knights on the ice today as well. So there's a lot to get to as Chapman and I chill out. Yeah, busy day. Yeah, uh, Chapman and I, like we're such good buddies now, it's almost annoying to you. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't bother it, me it, it, it sounds like it really gets to you that, no, that, that I, we're I, tight. Hey, I'm um, happy that you guys are, are, find, are finding your stride. It only took really uh, three years, four years, and five years, six yeah. years. Ryan, what you missed was Darren dancing around because Team Canada just scored a goal in the uh, juniors. Yeah. Huh. A yeah, fantastic, I, I, fantastic setup there. Yeah. The was there a Michigan? Was there a Michigan attempt? Or uh, no, it was. It was all a, I want. Uh, <laughs> no Chapman, look between all I, the legs. All I want. So listen, Chapman. Chapman. All I want is for Team Canada to lose a game because there was a, a Michigan attempt later on in the tournament, just to see what happens and how people melt Can down. I, well, well, think of the poor people Michigan in thing. Moncton when, when that no, happens. it's Moncton. Moncton. Think <laughs> it's of the not people. Moncton. Oh, you guys aren't friends anymore. No, no, no. He, he, is, he is the world's worst at pronouncing Canadian names. Yeah, don't, and don't yeah. ask Cities, that. provinces. Check names, names as well. Uh, so, yeah. so just, it's Moncton, Moncton and it's Halifax. Okay? Don't, don't, don't. I've been don't, to Halifax. Don't, don't, I don't care. Don't. 
talk about anything in my country anymore. All right. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going uh, during the bye let's, week. Let's by get the way. to uh, let's get to the uh, the just the playoff of the. And I, I do want to dial into the Vegas Golden Knights road trip, but uh, the Michigan controversy that's happened in Canada because they tried a couple early on in their first game against Czechia, and they didn't score, and they end up losing the game. And uh, Canada, very traditional hockey nation, uh, everybody's mm-hmm. up in arms saying, "Yeah, you shouldn't be showing off. You shouldn't be all doing all this other stuff. Uh, you should be just trying to score the normal way and uh, put the puck in the net and don't celebrate and uh, go out back to center ice and." score another goal uh, from 25 feet with a slap shot like you always do. Uh, like mm-hmm. Bobby Clark did, like Jean Beliveau did. Uh, just absolute Bobby Orr, go down the list. Uh, but here's the thing with, with the Michigan. It's become a legitimate way to score that uh, mm-hmm. goaltenders have become really good at uh, being able to stop it. I can tell you that there's a next level coming to the Michigan. All right? Okay. And I've watched a couple of players do it. And then I saw last week a TikTok video or on Instagram. I can't remember which one because I'm all over the place on social media. I can't uh, remember which I can't remember which app I'm on. But there is a, a shootout in a European league uh, that the, the player mm-hmm. also went down this path. And it elevates the Michigan to a, if the Michigan is a thousand feet, Mm-hmm. This next move takes it up to like thirty five thousand. Oh wow! It, it's so good, and it's from instead of coming from behind the net and wrapping it around, it it occurs straight on uh, mm-hmm. attacking the goal. Uh, one I saw uh, occurred with the player using just one hand on the stick. Yeah. And yeah, flicking I saw that in, one too. Uh, that that was on social media. Uh, the the other one is uh, two hands where the player flips it up in a stick and he carries the puck on the blade, not not underneath the puck, but like flipping it back and forth, but mm-hmm. carries it on on their blade and then does a like a highlight shot with it and can either skip it off the ice or mm-hmm. just throws it at the net. So there's a couple of different ones. There's the shootout move, which uh, is extraordinary, uh, and skill and strength to be able to do it with just one hand. And then there's this next move where I know NHL players have been working on this, and I've seen one player in particular doing it in person uh, going down this path. It takes a certain level of bravado if you're going to try this, but it will it will blow your mind if it happens, or I should say, when it happens mm-hmm. in a game. It's gonna be awesome. You gonna you gonna like tell us what it what it's gonna look like? Or well, no, gonna it's, say, it's hey, it's, it's gonna be really fun. And really no, cool no, I, I said uh, the player carries it on a stick, the the, okay. the the puck on a stick, and, and moves back and forth uh, on a stick. Doesn't just like. I would do, or Chapman would do. You put it on your blade, and you just carry it around like it's uh, a cup of coffee. Oh, and, and, and like you're juggling you're, the puck. No, 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 no. They've got no. they've got the puck attached to the stick, and they wave back and forth. But but because <laughs> okay. of all okay. the moves back and forth, the puck will stay uh, on okay. on the blade of the stick. They move it back and forth, and then they sling it. Uh, and they the the two the player that I saw doing it was slinging it, and he was alternating between just throwing it straight on net, like three feet high to mm-hmm. to the top corner, 
uh, doing it that way. And and you, as as he's holding it back and forth on a stick, you don't know when he's going to like let it go. Uh, so the goaltender and the defenseman, uh, you're, you're caught in this quandary. Do you attack the guy uh, or do you uh, let the player uh, come in on you and, and try and give him room? Uh, do, you, do you clear out uh, so the goaltender can see? Uh, but the other part was bouncing it off the ice and, and skipping it right in front of the goal, which causes a whole new challenge uh, that you can't make. There's more chance i guess in in the attacking players mode but mm-hmm. it uh it throws off any type of being able to get set for it uh and so that that's the the one i'm looking forward to the 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 shootout move with one hand mm-hmm. there's going to be honestly five guys in the league that could do it and there's going to be probably three that will do it and it it'll happen a couple of times i was one of them is is Egress. All right. Uh, I was For I sure. was watching last night wondering whether he was going to try uh the not the one-handed one but the more pick it up. N- not mm-hmm. not necessarily in the shootout last night but just during the course of the game because he's got that swagger to him and uh and I love yeah. watching uh, Trevor and and he and I haven't had a chance uh earlier this season on the, on the trip to talk about uh, this kind of thing. So I, I know that he's been, he's been on this path. Um, he didn't even go down at, uh, during do anything really goofy in the shootout. He was just back and forth uh, with, with the stick handling, but there's, there's another level to this whole Michigan move. And I don't, we got to come up with names for it. We should probably have a name sure. in, in uh, whether it's the highlight shot uh, or uh, whether it's the skipper uh the the one-handed uh michigan uh <laughs> the but it's skipper. not it's not really a um a michigan because uh the the when you do it with one hand in the shootout you're coming in uh, attacking the goaltender so uh we we got to get uh, we got to get some names going uh on this because it's coming and it's taken on uh, a whole wow. new level there this past summer at the various mm-hmm. places where a lot of nhl players skate like the, a lot of them will skate in, in toronto there's a, a a group of players that skate in london on Ontario. Uh, there's a skate in Michigan, uh, in Detroit, uh, in Kelowna. There's a great community of NHL players uh, that skate. So in all these different places where, where players train in the summer and get ice and go out there and do it, there's a couple of guys at each one of these that, that work mm-hmm. on it. And uh, that's where it kind of gets its legs. And then players start talking and they start comparing moves and, and going down it. So it's it's already been worked on at length. One of the players that I've watched in person do it has basically got it down. It's just when you pick to do it, what time of the game or your career you pick to do it, uh, yeah. and and oh, what kind of situation in the game it is that you pick to do it. And the Canadians, and that controversy about the Michigan, uh, the World Junior Championship was interesting because they tried to do it early. And, and it was, I think, a scoreless game at that point in their first game of the tournament. And good player, best player in the world in Connor Bedard uh, was doing it. Uh, I, I was, I didn't mind that. They still took heat because they didn't mm-hmm. score. So yeah. whenever you get a great big reaction like that and it's negative, it pushes back the launch date of uh, the newness that's coming on behalf of this uh, skill set. And I wouldn't be surprised if the National Hockey League is going to look into this 
Because the next step, when I talk about carrying the puck down the ice mm-hmm. uh, on the blade, yeah. what, like that's that's not really in the spirit of the game. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing illegal about it, but you can't yeah. grab the puck and carry it down. Yeah, but, but I mean, what you're not makes grabbing you grabbing it with your hands? I, I I know, but I wouldn't be surprised if at some point there's a call. I I don't think it'll ever happen, but mm-hmm. just be aware that there's the possibility that somebody's going to raise a, a, a stink about it from not being in the spirit of the game. Yeah, I, I wonder if, like, John Tortorella does more damage as a coach than he would have as a, as a media uh, member. But Thanks for asking, though. To, to be honest with you, like, we shouldn't – and that's the part that I, like, I don't understand from that perspective is you've got these young guys, you've got these skilled players that are able to do things that we never really fully imagined could be done with a stick and a hockey puck. Shouldn't that be embraced? Shouldn't creativity be embraced at some point when – at the end of the day, especially at the NHL level, this is entertainment. This is for the fans. This is uh, a way to grow the game and make it cool and fun for a lot of new people that are trying to get into hockey. Well, it depends on how mainstream it becomes. Mm -hmm. Now, right now, there's only a handful of players that could do it that would even try it at speed, and then you get into a game, and and that reduces the uh, possibilities even more. Now, if it becomes like an actual tactic by a ma- not majority of players, but mm-hmm. say thirty percent of guys uh, or players could do it or would try to do it, uh, then then it becomes a different story. I don't think it ever gets to that. Like even as as popular as the Michigan is right mm-hmm. now. And, and Canada tried it two times in the first period of the World Junior Championship. Uh, there was a, never there, try it again. Well, there was the great tweet. Oh, they'll, they'll, they'll do it again. It'll happen again in this tournament. But there was a great tweet Ooh. from Mike, my buddy Mike Kelly over at the NHL Network, uh, who uh, we, we talk in the chirp every now and then. And uh, he's an analytics guy slash analyst. Uh, but he had the great tweet, like, Canada's got uh, on pace for uh, eight Michigans per 60. Uh, in, in, in the tournament. It was, it was an awesome, like, uh, little jab at, at, at what was happening. Uh, but uh, as, as popular as the Michigan is, we, we, we still don't see a ton of them, which is why it's still special. If you're starting to see one per game, then that takes it out of the special category. It's still fun to watch, but it's not as special. Yeah, I... I I mean, I disagree in that I think that that a lot of the reason why we don't see these types of plays is because every single time someone makes a play like this, we complain about it because no, no. it's not hockey. I think it's becoming yeah, harder. It's becoming harder. Goalies, goalies are much better, much, much better at stopping that attack from behind the net than they were one year ago. Certainly better than they were uh, two years ago. It's grown by leaps and bounds. Just look at what happened in the World Junior Championship, and and Trevor Zegers, Trevor Zegers broke that one down, talking about right, but- how they had to be they had to be better at uh, picking up the puck, uh, scooping it, and they and there was too much of a tell to the goaltender. Right, but we don't look at a failed Michigan attempt the same way that we look at, say, a shot that just doesn't go in, or you're you're unable to pick your corner. Like it, it no. should be viewed in the same way that you're trying to create a scoring chance, not showboating. Like that's that's my issue is that anytime well, there's creativity beyond just shots on goal, 
we look at it and say, you can't do that in well, hockey. But that, but that, that still exists in other parts of the game, Ryan. It, I got two on one. I will look at that and go, should have shot. Mm-hmm. And I will look at that and say, should have shot nine times out of ten. Because I love pucks getting to the net and creating mm-hmm. an opportunity. I'm wrong eight times out of ten on that take. Because the passing and the vision and the skill is so good by the National Hockey League players. And I, I'm, I do it all the time with myself, watching Riley Smith and William Carlson go down the ice mm-hmm. with, uh, yeah. with them going back and forth. And I totally admit that. But I still look at it as, get the puck to the net, take that shot, and go for the rebound and dig in. Uh, uh, so there's, there's still that level. The, the Michigan is, a, is another step forward in the in the fancy but i can tell you what like to have dallas eakins uh we had a quote up last night in our pregame show uh from anaheim like he fully supports uh the michigan uh, absolutely but, but the coaches coaches across the board will and do support their players trying that type of move i don't know about torts i haven't talked to torts i'm not going to put words in his mouth but i don't even go there with me but i will say this my guess is mm-hmm. Torts would support it. Not if you've got two guys in front of the net and an opportunity to snap one home. Well, that would be silly uh, to try it. But if you're a skilled player and you've got that in your toolbox and you can execute it, uh, if it's a scoring chance, I, I, I think Torts gets a bad rap on this kind of thing. I think mm-hmm. he would support it. I will go back, though, to... The mid-2000s, roughly, all right? Okay. I can't nail it down in my head. But there, it was during the course of the shootout. I was working at uh, Sportsnet in Toronto. Uh, we had the Maple Leaf broadcast, so uh, I was hosting the Leaf games. And Kyle Wellwood was a, a diminutive player. He would thrive in the game today. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. so good. Uh, but uh, small player, uh, up and down a little bit before he's carved uh, out uh, a National Hockey League presence. But he went down on a shootout, and he had the audacity to try a move with a stick going between his legs. <laughs> now, we see, we see that a lot. We see passes where guys stick their yeah. puck through uh, the stick through the leg. Uh, guys in front that uh, on a pass to them. Uh, we'll use it as an a, a ability to get the stick on the puck. Uh, Matthew Kachuk is is great at it. Uh, yep. James Van Riemsdyk is is exceptional at it. But at that point, that was a that was equivalent to the Michigan, right? And and Wellwood sure. went down, tried it, didn't score, and there was silence in the rink. Not <laughs> not because he tried it. And missed because it still should have been. Ooh, you see what Kyle did? It was more out of fear that Kyle had to go back to the bench where Pat <laughs> Quinn was his coach. Yeah. Now, Pat is one of the, God rest his soul, the coolest guys. Like, you can, I, I got to know Pat uh, on a personal level. He was an awesome dude, but he was a traditionalist, and that didn't fly with right. Pat Quinn. So that's 17 years ago. If it's the mid-2000s, that's 17 years-ish ago. Where mm-hmm. between the legs in a shootout 
wasn't accepted <laughs> by the masses uh, and those in charge of National Hockey League teams. Now we see that all the time. The Michigan is is in the early goings of, of that. And and soon the Michigan will be just another play. It's cool. When we see guys go through the legs, we still go, mm-hmm. did you see that? That was awesome. Sure. The Michigan Fair. will become that. It's just growth in our game, and this is a sport that's very much based in tradition. It's not a sport that the new shiny skill is embraced. The new shiny skill has to get some stitches on it, some mud to scuff it up. <laughs> okay. It, okay. It does. It has to be yeah. around for a little bit so, before so people you, accept it. You believe that Team Canada is going to try another Michigan in this tournament. Yes. I, I, I firmly gu- believe I guarantee won't. it. I guarantee it. Why and, is that? And and I'll tell you this. I'll go a those step kids, further. Those kids got absolutely Connor slaughtered Bedard, for Connor it. Connor Bedard doesn't care. Connor, Connor Bedard does not care whether or not okay. he got slaughtered on it. I, I, will, I will double down on this mm-hmm. by going, you might see it. If Canada gets to a gold medal game, Mm-hmm. There's a good chance you'll see it in that, because they all know the they all know the whole world's watching, and if they get another chance to do it, they'll they'll okay. they'll do it again. And Connor Bedard doesn't care; he can do anything he puts his mind to it. And I, I still can't believe he actually uh, over uh, shot it in the sense that he went towards the middle. He missed a, he missed the top corner. Uh, otherwise, I think he would have scored on it. Connor Bedard. Would be that would be the cherry. There's he's he's going to the National Hockey League next year. He's he's going to lead this team and and this tournament in scoring. He should he should win a gold medal even with their uh, slower start. Uh, I I think you uh, you may see it out of Connor Bedard in something as big as a gold medal game. I I I want to believe that you're right on this. Like I want to believe that that's going to be something that happens. I just don't feel like it will because well, it's Team Canada because of all the uproar in in the first game of the tournament that they lose. Like they, I just people think don't that care as long be... as they win the gold medal. They don't care. They, there, there was a, there was, a, no, there there was were, that reaction. There was an uproar because they lost the game. That's it. If they would have right, won the that's game, that's my point. It, it's it's absolutely fine. Yeah, they, they, it'll be it'll be fine. Let's, no, let's talk to right. John Shannon about this. Uh, let's take a break, okay. and we'll bring back uh, the former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada. Get uh, he he's on he's got his feet on the Canadian soil. He can really yep. tell us. Although being a Canadian, I feel like I can also express a good viewpoint on this. And having a uh, a home in Eastern Canada where this is taking place. I think I'm really the expert. But but I'll, I'll, I'll give way to John as uh, we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. So here's one for you. When I first started here on the VGK Insider Show, we bring on people. I give Chapman the, uh, the number and, and he connects with people. And I'm like... I don't know how this is going to go. I don't really know this Chapman guy, and I'm giving him some numbers out. Is he storing them in his phone? Is it going to be bad? Is he going to start using these numbers for other shows, other places that he goes? And, and gradually, I just forgot about it. I, I did. I just mm-hmm. uh, off off it went uh, because uh, Chapman and I became buddies. But I realized I didn't have a thing to worry about 
to begin with. Because John Shannon, the uh, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, is on every Thursday with us uh, when we have a show. And every Thursday, Chapman says, I need his number. He just he just had to get the number again. <laughs> Shannon, you and and Chapman talk all the time, and he still doesn't save your number. Hey, I, stop picking on my buddy Chris, okay? He he yeah, doesn't think that my, you, my buddy Chris. He's a good man. He's the most surprised person when he phones somebody, and they answer, even though he's the one phoning. So here's how it goes: Ring, ring. I'm phoning John. Ring, ring, ring. And John goes, "Hello." I go, "John." Like he that that's what he is. He's like the, the Scooby Doo voice too, yeah, right? John? Scooby Doo. John? How are you, Shannon? Me, I am doing great. I did you have a good Christmas? Did everybody have a good Christmas? Uh yeah, it was uh it was nice. Uh, the three days off well, we had three days off. The Toronto Maple Leafs didn't. Uh, with their one hundred thousand dollar <laughs> fine. Uh, well I I look at that this way, uh, Darren. Uh, the company that owns the Toronto Maple Leafs makes a hundred million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And they went to St. Louis, which is a little far to travel when you have to travel day of game. Time, time zone change. And so they got fined $100,000. And so $100,000 for a victory, I think it's worth it. I asked, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it. I asked Gary Lawless that same question. How much is a victory mm-hmm. worth? And, and we, we agreed hundred grand was a bargain. Piece of cake. Yep. Absolutely, particular, particularly for that company. Now, the, now the truth is, you know, they left uh, an hour and forty-two minutes before they should have, mm-hmm. and the people that wanted to leave early were the players. Right. This was the players' idea. They went. They went to management. Said we'd like to go out early. Uh, so, so. Uh, they they thought they had a charter company that could fudge the papers and say they were leaving at twelve oh one and they actually left at ten eighteen. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but but somebody uh, was reading the public documents and they got caught. Well, the FAA and the TSA frown on that whole fudging thing. <laughs> uh, are you t- listen? Don't talk to anybody about travel and aviation <laughs> and airports in either country right now, please. Be, that's only because I don't have Nexus, and it takes me forever. I could, I could, no. leave, I could get to the airport on the twenty sixth. I wouldn't leave until the twenty seventh because it takes me so long to get through security. I fully yeah. admit that. So, uh, do you? Yeah. You're the type of guy, though, that says, you know, I, I, where are you going, sir? Well, I'm going to San Francisco, but I'd like my bag to go to Los Angeles. And they, they'd say that's not possible, and you'd say, why? You did it last time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're actually oh, not uh, not far off that's on, so accurate. on that. So uh, accurate. So first of all, it was is it the schedules issue that they put a team that was changing time zones and uh, in, a, in a longer flight, more than two hours, uh, on a day that you have to travel uh, on on game day? Is that the issue, or is it Toronto trying to beat the system? I think it's both. Um, but I, but I think the 27th of December is a perfect day where you play your natural rival. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where over the holidays, you, you know, you know, Minnesota, for instance, was in Winnipeg, you know, Calgary and Edmonton played Vancouver should have played Seattle and San Jose should have played LA. 
Vegas could have gone to Anaheim, which well, is what Vegas, they did. Vegas played L.A. on the 27th. L.A. and Anaheim, yeah. right. Yeah. 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 So, know, so, so that, there are, there's logic to that. Um, but, I w- you know, the, the, the issue becomes one of, well, it's the Maple Leafs. They can, you know, they're, they're a big club. They draw everywhere. St. Louis would like a good draw. But I think St. Louis on that night should play Chicago. Yeah, and you don't have play, to have 12 games. You don't have to have 12 games. Nope. Nope. No, you don't. But, but you know, the the other issue becomes is they've, they've decided so many other dates that have few games uh, that they have to stockpile a, a lot of these Tuesdays and Thursdays um, for games because there are so many national nights in both countries. You know who I feel most sorry for in the December 25th environment is people like Rick Bronstein, uh, who does all the travel and arranges all the uh, transportation for the Vegas Golden Knights. And every team has somebody like him. The yep. flights, the hotels, uh, the buses uh, to and from the airport and the hotels. It, those are the days where if you're getting up and your charter is supposed to leave at 7 and you're in uh, a where there's some weather or there's uh, a lot of backup at the, at the airport or traffic uh, when, when you land in L.A. Like Rick's, Rick's got it down to a science, but even they can't anticipate the, the calamity of, of society and the different uh, issues that can come up. Those are the people on those days that I really feel sorry for. You, let, me, let me get this straight. You feel, you feel more sorry for him than you would that mother and father who had four kids that you were living uh, somewhere in suburban uh, Vegas, like Summerlin, and they were going, going, trying to get to Disney World for four days and couldn't? Who do you feel more sorry for now? Well, Rick, for sure, because I know Rick, <laughs> and I like Rick. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah you're, just trying, you're just trying to get an aisle seat the yeah. next time you're on the charter. I, I, don't know, I don't know who Brenda and Ted and Charlie and, and Rachel uh-huh. are uh, down the street, and I, I don't, I'm never going to meet them, so I don't care at all about them. Yeah, but they're, and, they're, they are avid viewers. Of AT and T Sportsnet with Darren and Gary, yeah. and and, La- and another episode of Lawless and Order. Except they're going to take a day away from the game and go hang out with some guy with big ears at the Magic Kingdom. Now you got me fired up about that. Um, <laughs> Wait, well, this is tell fun. them to drive to Disneyland. Cheaper. <laughs> I, I, I was in the uh, in the shadow of Disneyland yesterday. Uh, can you believe that Anaheim Rank has been around since 1993? Like that that kind of blew me away when I was looking at some of the stuff around that. That's a total aside, by the way. Getting to be one of the oldest rinks in yeah. Hockey, when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, and and it's it's one of the worst configured buildings for television in the history of the game. All and it was time. built and designed by the <laughs> Disney people. Shame on them. Of all time. You should have saw it. <laughs> so so we, we, I had to do the intermissions in L.A. and Anaheim because we had, oh, a, a, we had a flood. Because well, there was a flood in Denver at the at the uh, control studio, uh, oh. and so we couldn't do it out of our out studio thirty one in Vegas the last couple of games. So we had to do it. Uh, I had to share with Shane and Dave do the intermissions and the pregame show and the postgame show from the broadcast booth. Well, that's fine in L.A. That's that's totally cool. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you picture all the four of us? Uh, trying to walk around the camera that's set up in the door. It's in the door in in Anaheim shooting because it can't get back uh, far enough inside the uh, inside the actual broadcast booth. It's got to set up in the door. Uh, the chaos in those intermissions. Oh, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. M- Michael Eisner, Michael Eisner, who was the president of Disney at the time and was a big advocate 
for the Ducks and, and, and joining the NHL. Michael Eisner was the, the final decision maker on a lot of that media stuff in that building, and he should be ashamed of himself. It's just awful. I, I've had it's, just, it's the worst. When I was when I was running the league uh, uh, broadcast unit, and we had we only had thirty teams at that point. Um, you know they were they were we ranked them thirty fifth because they wow. were so bad. We didn't have <laughs> and we didn't have anybody ranked between thirty and thirty five. They were just that far behind anybody else. When I had to uh, stand and uh, and. Uh, Pivot last night during uh, the course of an intermission. I had to go outside the studio to change my mind. That's how small it was. It, every it, it time, was... every time somebody says pivot now, I think of that scene in Friends where they're moving the sofa <laughs> upstairs. Pivot, pivot, pivot. That was Ross. I think Ross did that. So I, I don't yeah. mind the whole uh, Michigan move that Team Canada got caught up in. Like I, I think uh, that I, I'm on board with that the fact that they're gonna do it again in this tournament. It may happen in the gold medal game and that'll shut everybody up. Uh, Wallace on the other hand is firmly convinced that it's a national crisis in Canada and that uh, they're bordering on revoking citizenship from these players. And yeah, maybe I should actually to, be the one to, to ask the again. question for for this one. I, do you think that that Team Canada, the, 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 the World Junior Team, Like, do you think that they're going to find themselves in a position later on in this tournament to go back and try to use the Michigan? Or was all that uproar uh, a deterrent to trying skilled plays? Uh, when they get into a tough game, making that play will not become a factor. Scoring goals will become the factor. Just getting the puck in the net will become a factor. You know, when they play the Americans at some point in the medal round, you know, that, that'll, that'll be just get the puck across the red line. That, that's all that will matter. Uh, I mean, I think the, what was the final score? 11-2 to two in that game? Uh, the Austrians tonight, I mean, what's the score going to be there? Or what's the score already is it's there? I decided not even to watch. Yeah. So um, it, 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 it doesn't bother you. I'm one of those guys out there. And you can call me an old-fashioned or get off my lawn or a curmudgeon. I think the place should be illegal. I brought that up in the first segment, actually, that, because, that somebody's gonna, somebody down the road is going to bring that up, and you did it in seven minutes. I thought it would yeah. be a couple of years, but it's no, seven minutes. I think it's because what's to stop? Let's say, let's say uh, for the sake of argument, the fastest player in the game, Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid picks the puck up behind his own net, puts it on the blade of his stick, and skates 180 feet. They're working on but, that right now, John. That's a play that's coming. I know, and that, but that's that is not in the spirit of the game of hockey. It may not be in the rule book, but that's not in the spirit. Yep. I mean, have to remember we, you know, it wasn't that long ago. It was before Darren and I were born, but it wasn't that long ago. We wouldn't allow the forward pass. You know, the the, the game has evolved, but to take the, the stick handling out of the game. To take passing out of the game is incorrect and is not in the spirit of the game. And everybody says, well, you know, it's exciting. It's, it's, it, you know, the game will exist beyond, you know, this type of thing. I, I, and I, I get told, told that I, I don't know what I'm talking about. But I'll tell you what, I think that it's, it's working against the spirit of the game of hockey, period. And I would make it illegal. If people get really good at it, I think we get to that point. But right now, if there's only a really fraction. If people get really good at it, they're playing lacrosse. Yeah, you're right. But right now, there's only a fraction of people that can can really 
they t- take a chance and score on that. I-, I told the story in the in the first segment, John, and you would remember this when Kyle Wellwood in the shootout tried between the legs and didn't score and and had to go back to a glaring Pat Quinn, and we didn't think oh. he'd ever survive that. Uh, and but that but I'm that's, not sure he did. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but uh, but. I mean, it does evolve, uh, and now between the legs is mainstream. People do it all the time. It's still a cool move, but the, it's more accepted. Do you think we but even, get... But even the rules, even the rules, Darren, that they have put in place in the shootout, where you can't do the spinorama anymore. Right. Because the, the rule now states the puck has to continually to move forward. <laughs> As slow... In, the, in, 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 order to, in order for it to be ruled a, a, a fair shootout goal. I think in a shootout, and I'll, my final thought on this, is there should be a chaser. Or like Greyhound races, where, where they've got the, uh, <laughs> the thing that flies, the rabbit uh, that yeah. goes around, to, to keep some kind of speed up. Because as, well, yeah, as, as great as Zegris was you last night. You probably want the NHL to use the three-minute buzzer, too, right? Uh, I, well, you know, everybody should get equal <laughs> shifts. Everybody should get equal shifts. <laughs> now you should explain that to your crowd when you're when you're you know when you right. had a six year old kid playing minor hockey or as you guys call it in the United States youth hockey uh, playing youth hockey. What would happen is, is the shifts were three minutes long and and on the clock every three minutes the buzzer would sound and everybody had to change no matter where the puck was. Right. And then the race was to the bench and the race was the guys off the bench to where the puck was. Yeah. And it was it was great. That was that happened more in summer hockey than it did. In, in regular in regular it winter was, hockey, but yeah, that's it was a thing it, for kids. It was it was a factor, and it, and, it, and I tell you what, it kept parents like me really really happy that everybody was getting three exactly. minutes. Exactly, but the, the the best part about that is parents would complain or coaches would complain when the kids got to sixteen seventeen and they were taking three minute shifts. <laughs> like you can't yeah, take a three minute shift. He's like, well, I did for six years of youth hockey. That's why my kid became a goalie. <laughs> uh, John Shannon's with us, the executive uh, producer, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, now co-host of the Bob McCowan podcast. How are book sales coming? Number one uh, sports history book in Canada today. Are you? Yeah. No, Congratulations. Just check Amazon. Amazon, yeah. That's a yeah. good. If we had any type of production component to this show, there would have no. been cheers and and fireworks going on. Instead, you know what's happening in the studio? No, I'm clapping Chris, Chris and chatting. Fi- no, I know what Chris is trying to figure out how contacts work on his phone. Yeah, he, he, exactly. <laughs> okay. He's trying to save. He's trying to save your number in his phone yeah. for the first time, and he's nodding. There we are. Yeah. <laughs> Evolve, um, Evolve or Die is the name of yeah. the book, and we are going to make this thing uh, to the top of every chart. But that is congratulations in all seriousness. Yeah. That's uh, that's yeah, outstanding. Yeah, I know it's exciting. I, I, you know, I got actually I was out walking my dog today, and three people stopped me and asked me how book sales were. So uh, obviously, people are reading it somewhere. Now, is this true? You're wearing a sandwich board though while you're walking the dogs and saying books for sale. Actually, I'm not wearing anything because <laughs> um, uh, well, people notice. And uh, and you know, it's, advertising is advertising, man. You know, it's you know, it's, there it is. You don't have to spell the name right. It's just you know, people are talking about you. Ryan, uh, come on, I've dominated this conversation, but I dominate every conversation. Uh, what, what do you want to ah. want to talk to John about? No, you noticed, um, I, I, John. <laughs> last time you were on, I, I wanted John, to ask you. John liked that. <laughs> 
Uh, I wanted to talk to you about Alex Ovechkin because, like, obviously you, you pass Gordy Howe. Now you've got your sights set on Wayne Gretzky, and I know everyone's kind of looking at you know eight ninety five that next goal above Wayne Gretzky. But uh, the question I've got for you know really everybody is. Where does Ovechkin finish? Like, where does he stop? If he passes Gretzky, is there a number you think is reasonable for Ovechkin to get to or a number you think he wants to get to? Well, the great thing uh, when you have somebody like Ovechkin now is the, the multiple milestones. So, obviously, 895 is one of them. The 900, just five goals later, is another and then you have to then then the, then the question will be: Can he get to a thousand? No, no, I, I've got a number for you. Nine seventy six. Oh. Because now why nine seventy six? Because that's the combined number of Gordy in the World Hockey Association and the NHL. No. Nobody, nobody cares about a minor league. Are you? Because if you do that, if you do that, <laughs> you're gonna. You know, what, 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 how do you involve Yarmer Yager's time in the KHL? That's you know, there, it, there's going to be there's going to be a, a number of different ways to to do it. I, I do think that the 894, obviously Wayne's number is big. 900 is going to be big, and then the next milestone would be a thousand. Okay. And I, it, it, the question becomes not whether he can do it. If he stays healthy, he can do it. The question is is can he stay healthy, and more importantly, how does he stay healthy? Because it's truly amazing what he's done. I, I think we talked about this last week. If we didn't, it was on another show that I was on. Um, and, you know, he's missed since coming to the league in 2005-06. He has missed less than 60 games. For injury. For, for anything. Ten of those games of the 60 were from suspension. So he's, he's about, I think the number's 47 games. 47 games to injury since joining the National Hockey League. And that, that's, that might be the greatest tribute to his career ever yeah. when you think about it. He, his, his endurance, his durability is, is truly, and particularly the way he plays the game, because uh, you, you have the stats there in front of you, Darren, I know, but where is he in career hits? Like, he's got to be top five yeah. in career hits. Too. Yeah, he is. And he was a bowling so, ball at the start. So... That's the amazing thing: uh, his size, his endurance, and uh, in, in amongst his his great skill to to shoot the puck. But he has missed out on games because of lockout, work stoppages, uh, COVID, uh, that kind yeah. of thing. So, but, as everybody has. But thank so you're going to add them, you're going to add them too. I'm, I'm, I'm fair. I want everybody to get equal shifts, three three minute shifts. So, uh, <laughs> and and Obi buys into the three minute shift philosophy. Yeah. Does he? No, that they're too short for him. Those are too short for him. <laughs> hey, what do you got going on tonight? What uh, what's happening in John Shannon's world? Well, you know, I might have to do a little Winnipeg Vancouver hockey on radio. So. Ooh, that's like a six hour shift for you. I know it's a big game, but it's a big game. I mean, you know, Winnipeg who came out of the uh, out of the gate quickly, you know, lost three in a row, seven regulars out of the lineup. People are starting to panic in Winnipeg, and then there's Vancouver. And then people in Vegas, I think, understand what Vancouver's gone through. They're now finally above 500. Yeah. People are still lamenting what they, what did they do with Bo Horvat? How how can they be where they are? I mean, only five points out of a playoff spot with what has gone on in the soap opera that is Vancouver. It's going to be a good matchup. 
Well, we can certainly relate to with seven regulars being out of the lineup uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, John Shannon, I look forward to this conversation every week, as I do to the other conversations that we don't have on live radio. Well, I tell you what, I will talk to you next year. Oh, yes. That, uh, that whole uh, cool saying. Yeah. You, can't, uh, yeah. you can't say that uh, every week, can you? No, I'm going to tip a sarsaparilla on Saturday night and go on <laughs> Sarsaparilla. Uh, pick it up. Uh, Evolve or Die uh, through Amazon. It's an awesome read. You will laugh and you will be educated and you will walk away going, did that really happen? And you will... and the answer is yes. Yes, and you'll also go, I like that John Shannon because he <laughs> can hold a grudge. I like that. There's a couple of those good stories in it, too, uh, which I fully support. Uh, thanks, Chatty. See you, buddy. Give your lovely wife, Jen, a hug for me. I will. Uh, she loves you. She's scared of you, but uh, she loves you. Uh, uh, <laughs> goes back to producing. Uh, he produced a couple of things that she uh, she was a host on. Uh, and uh, and she just John's an intimidating guy. Uh, he's best in the business. So ideas beyond ideas with John Shannon. That's why he's the two-time executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada. We've got to come back. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. You know, not a single minute of regulation play or overtime did I think Vegas was going to lose that game last night Uh, until the shootout when they have a bunch of the guys that would normally be in the shootout uh, weren't in the game. And then you look across the ice and Zegris and that bunch uh, who are so talented. But I I thought that they would win that game and walk out with the two points because just it was so lopsided. It wasn't even fair. I don't know when Anaheim got that bad. Yeah, Crazy. Well, Connor Bedard is, is a big reason to get that bad yeah well the new general manager came in and said we're not going to be any good they still have this a lot of the same players <laughs> but uh trade nick glory uh Gerlos told me like that was a big uh, trade when they dealt him at the deadline last year he makes you uh, a, a lot stronger in your game with his presence uh, we got hour number two we'll talk about the vegas golden knights game last night and with their game ratings as well as one-timers we'll talk to you on the other side